This podcast is listener supported. To help us out, go to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Red Bull Rant. The Red Bull Rant is a free-flowing podcast with three soccer-loving idiots who don't know when to shut their dumb potty mouths. So listener discretion, yeah, it's it's pretty much advised. Welcome, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast, the official Red Bull Podcast of Espanation and What's Metro. I'm your host, Jason Ipico. I'm Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is episode 203, Foo and Philly. We food them up. Are we going to foo them up again in a few weeks? Going to have to. Yeah. We'll win that one, too. So, uh, if you were living under a rock, the Red Bulls had a game, and it was a close one. What? And they, they managed to score... More than a single goal and win the game for the first time in, like, <laughs> two months, I think. Behold the power of the one-goal lead. Yeah. Which they still gave up, too. At one it's, point, anyway. It's true. Um, yeah, so Red Bulls hosted the Philadelphia Union. Uh, next to last home match of the year. 3-2 victory in thrilling fashion. Going down early to the Union, getting one back before halftime. Taking the lead right after halftime, <laughs> giving up another goal, and then scoring towards the end of the game to take the win. The best head man uh, in the league, Dax McCarty, all five foot nine of them. Which it, it's surprising how often he is left open on headers at this point. He's sneaky. Like, no, but like seriously, how has he managed to stay open so much? Like you think the teams would just like would understand that he actually could score off, off a header. And be like, hey, maybe we should mark this guy. Because we have everybody that's taller than him. That's <laughs> ah, just funny. I love it. Uh, so, Sasser question with another goal. Right, Phelps, another time him for the lead in the Golden Boot race. And then, like Pat mentioned, Dax McCarty to seal off the victory for the Red Bulls. Uh, as we do with every uh, Red Bulls match, we're going to do likes and dislikes. Uh, Truman, we'll start with you this week. What did you dislike about this one? My big dislike, and there's a couple of them, I'm just going to say Chris Pontius. I hate that guy. <laughs> hate him. Can't stand him. Uh, thankfully, it was only a game-tying goal, not a game-winning goal, not a game-goal uh, where they went ahead. But s- someone's going to stop him. What do we have to do to stop this guy? I, I, I don't know. Send Johnny Knoxville and the rest of the Jackass crew after him? I really don't know what you do to take this guy out of a game. And we have to see him at least one more time. So hopefully they figure out some. And no one else is. Th- it's like seems like almost no one else is threatening on this Philly team except for him. Can we just neutralize one man? Just one man. That's all I ask. Neutralize him. Figure out the rest. Uh, I guess uh, my dislike would just be that it was a bit game was a bit more exciting than it needed to be. Uh, I think I would have been happy if they just put the team away a little earlier. Uh, you know, I'm obviously you know uh, kind of. Just picking at straws here if it comes with some because I mean it was obviously a good win, um, but uh, yeah, you know I think it, it just would have been nice to have not let them get back in the game and keep it a little less exciting. Even though the excitement was ruined for me when I accidentally opened the MLS app and saw the score before I got to watch the game. But yeah, what are you gonna do? Well, since we're gonna nitpick and all that stuff, uh, I wrote a piece about it on Once Metro 
I don't know who runs the score ticker on the bottom of the screen for MSG Plus, but the word next implies in the following what's currently on TV. So how can you have the Red Bulls game next when it's currently showing on TV? <laughs> I know that's I know it's really nitpicky of me, but it's just like, uh, come on. I, I figure it's one score ticker for everything, but you can still realize that the Rebels are playing and take that part off the score ticker. That would involve effort. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing for, like, early in the game, but, like, 30 minutes in, it was still on there. I'm like, you, they're, updating, they're updating the time of the game. Like, when the 30-something into minute, it actually said 30, I think it was, like, 30 seconds. It was, like, it said 32. So at least they're paying attention to the game. Yeah. Um, do we also know? Do we also know if the replay wasn't next? So it said 7 p.m. on MSG Plus. It's like as part of the headline it, or uh, part of the scrolling text. It said 7 p.m. Uh huh. So there's no pass from on that one. Saturday, everybody went home. I guess that's what it is. It, you know what it is? They were all watching that thrilling preseason hockey of Rangers Devils on MSG Plus Two, and the oh. non-existent NBA preseason game on it on MSG proper. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, uh, likes the game uh, Pat, you can go first, what did you like about this one? You know, it's uh, it's something that we kind of uh, lost uh, We don't necessarily realize because there have been so many uh, letdown games But uh, this team hasn't lost since June uh, Which, you know, considering the playoffs are only two weeks away That's pretty damn good um, you know, you kind of want to be that team that ain't losing uh, going into the playoffs when it all so much is on the line. So, uh, you know, that's going to be my big like. I mean, even if they can get a, even if they can blow a game and come away with a draw on the road in the playoffs, it's uh, not going to be as bad uh, because uh, they just simply have not been losing, and that's uh, I think uh, really going to be, it's really going to help this team out going forward, especially come playoff time. Oh, for sure. Uh, my like is definitely that it was the type of game that they stayed in it, they stayed in it the whole time. They were composed. They, I mean, they played really a complete game uh, offensively. I mean, not defensively, but this was a team that came to their battling for a playoff spot. That was the whole thing. So the Red Bulls knew they were in for a battle, and it was just a game of not quitting the whole time. They gave up the early goal. They equalized before halftime. They scored early. They gave up that goal, but they still fought uh, to get that game winner, and they held in. Again, it was a one-goal lead almost the whole time, so, you know, it wasn't two goals. But it's nice to see, like, a complete effort this team put into still win at home and not only keep, yeah, the the, uh, the unbeaten streak alive, but then jump into first place, which is absolutely huge. Amen. Yeah, and I, and on top of that, I think it, I don't have the stats from it. I'd have to go, like, search every single game. I'm not going to do that. But I'm pretty sure this is, like, one of the few games in which the Riddles fell behind first and then still won the game, which is, which, the, no matter how many times you do it in a year, it's not easy. The record, so, oh, God, they showed it. Uh, it, you know what? Remember, I was complaining about watching the game. Turns out that the game was on where I worked on some wacky channel that no one's ever watched before. Oh, so I did get to watch the game live, which worked out uh, fantastic. Yeah, I don't. It was some weird. I don't even. I don't even know what the channel was called. It wasn't ABC. It wasn't Comcast Sportsnet. It was something weird. But uh, I got to listen to Tommy Smith suddenly become a Philadelphia Homer. I don't know when that happened, but uh, he is now. <laughs> yeah, very, very strange. So anyway, uh, I don't know how many times the Red Bulls gave up a goal and came back to win, but you know, 
combine that with what Pat was talking about, you know, dropping two goal lead on the road for a draw in the playoffs isn't terrible because you still get road goals. Being able to come behind from behind at home, if that you know those two things were to happen, means you're still going to win the series. So, well, and, and don't get me wrong, I do. I am not a fan of the fact that we keep dropping two goal leads because that is not a good trend to have. But the the uh, I'm going with what Truman was saying. Basically, what we've seen is that since this unbeaten streak started. Anytime the Red Bulls have given up that first goal, they seem to just completely let go of the game, or at least for a stretch where they they allow the uh, the tying goal to happen, and they just didn't do that this game. They just didn't. Once that first goal got scored, they didn't give up. They didn't give up on the second goal got scored. They actually uh, stayed in this game, and really, I think that this is going to sound kind of stupid. I think this is one of the most complete games they played during some beating streak because. Even though Philly hit them for two goals, they were playing their game for the most part, and that's what you want to see going into the playoffs is that you're clicking it on cylinders. Right, and again, this isn't a team that's the Chicago Fire that's out of the playoffs. This is a team that is fighting for a spot. They played a good team. Philly's not a great team, but they're, they're a good team, and they showed exactly what you need to do against good teams, and that is uh, win at home. And have you noticed, uh, ever since Dax has come back to the starting lineup, uh, those blown leads aren't happening. He came in as a sub against Toronto when they lost a two-goal lead, but I don't believe he started that game. But ever since, getting wins, getting those home wins taken care of. And uh, one other thing that I just actually read uh, a little before we came on the air, uh, this wins if the Red Bulls do drop down to the wild card spot, uh, they will get a home game no matter what. They've clinched a home game in this one, so that's yep. uh, that's pretty sweet too. So the number four seed is Montreal, and they are seven points back with each having two games to play, so it's mathematically impossible for Red Bulls to drop below fourth. Mm-hmm. Or drop below third, I mean. So that's, you know, that is a good thing. Um, so since we're kind of t- bring that up, uh, so the standings as they stand right now, uh, Red Bulls are currently first in the East, 51 points. Uh, tied on points with New York City FC, but winning on a goal differential. Red Bulls are at plus 14. New York City's at plus 4. Uh, again, that's seven-goal that seven win. <laughs> but a big factor in that. Um, Toronto FC is in third with 49 points. Uh, New York, Red Bulls, New York City FC, and Toronto FC are the three teams in the East so far that have clinched the playoff spot. Uh, Montreal Impact in fourth at 44 uh, and fifth is DC United at 43. Sixth is the Union at 42. New England sits at 39 points. Columbus at 35. Uh, I think... And then Orlando City is ninth with 35. I think Orlando City is officially out. Uh, Columbus still has a, a mathematical shot because um, they're only seven back, but they have a game in hand on at everybody else in the East, which, coincidentally... Oh, wait, they're not playing that this week. That's right. That's a Western Conference game for some reason. Oh, Wow. Because I just we, so we were talking about this before we started recording how Houston has a makeup game or Colorado's makeup game. Houston only has thirty games played so far, <laughs> so they still have four games to go. Yeah, if they run the table, they can get to the playoffs. They could actually, because <laughs> only they're eleven points back of Kansas City, so twelve points. If if Casey doesn't do anything, they could actually make the playoffs. There you go. So that would be kind of interesting. Um. So predictions from this one, waiting for the spreadsheet to load because I had it before. Uh, 
I called it 2-1 win. Pat, you called it uh, 2 nothing. Truman almost had it. He had 3-1. And Red Bulls, let him, Red Bulls let him down by giving him that second goal. So that means with uh, two matches left to go, uh, I am in first with 19 points. Pat, you're in second with 18. Truman, you are in third with 14, so you will not be winning this year. Rats. Uh, I guess you could, but there's most likely I'm going to predict wins and losses like you probably will, so you're not really going to have a shot at that. Um, so we'll see how Pat and I do. We, we've been pacing each other uh, since, let's see, game number 24? I don't remember mm. what that is. 24, that looks like since the LA Galaxy game, which I called a draw. And then after that, oh, actually, since that, <laughs> this is kind of funny. So since the LA game, uh, the three of us, whenever the Red Bulls have matched the win-loss draw of one of us, they matched it for everybody. So, like, the last three games, we all predicted draw-win-win, which is exactly what happened. We just None of us have gotten the scores right. <laughs> Pay attention to us, Red Bulls. Keep doing what we say. Yeah. Obey Either us. Either way, I, I still get the belt because I was supposed to have it all year. Yep. Don't have it. We'll, we'll, we'll get you uh, a red version. <laughs> Wrestling references. Uh. <laughs> um. All right. Let's see. Moving on. Uh. Let's talk about uh New York Red Bulls too. Yes. Because they are in the USL playoffs. Their first matchup was against uh Orlando City B. Uh. At home on this past Sunday, so the day after the Philly match, Red Bulls absolutely dominating, showing why they were the USL regular season champs this year. Four nothing. Uh. Three of those goals in the second half. Uh, I think two of them after Orlando went down to 10 men. So, uh, the pack stadium really made a difference. Yes, exactly. That's, that, that, that's what caused the, the, the guy to commit that foul and uh, get a red card. Yeah. Everybody in the stands just like intimidating. Exactly. Uh, so Red Bulls next matchup is against the Rochester Rhinos, um, who were the 2015 USL regular season and playoff champions. Um, I think the game is Friday night. I need to f- find out. Now. Yeah, I'm almost positive it's Friday. Uh, yeah, so Friday at 7 p.m. at Red Bull Arena. The winner will take on either Charleston Battery or I think it's Louisville FC in the uh, conference finals. Um, Good reason to go because uh, there's no Red Bulls this weekend. Sure. Yep. So if ever there was a time to go, it, it's now. And hey, it's, it's a, I mean, it's a Friday night, but... Like, why not, right? Yeah. I mean, get on out there if you don't have to work like me. Uh, so, let's see. Uh, so, a little bit light, obviously, on the Red Bulls talk because of the international break. But that does mean we have two United States men's team games coming up. They're both friendlies, but they are games. Uh, first is uh, tomorrow, uh, October 7th. The uh, United States will travel down to Cuba at 4, 4 p.m. Eastern start time. Game will be on ESPN two, and then they will come home on uh, Tuesday the eleventh. Take on New Zealand at RFK Stadium. That will be uh, eight PM on ESPN on Tuesday. Why they still go to RFK Stadium when it's literally falling down? I have no idea. No, no one knows. Uh, I was there for the Germany friendly a few years ago in the upper deck. I don't know why I did it, but I'm glad it didn't like the, the, the stands didn't crumble below me. That place is a dump. Yeah. They should just play it on the mall. Yeah, just play it on the mall. Why not? Why not? Don't, they have that, don't they have that? Don't they have that wall next to the armory? 
that they could probably use. It's a big old grassy field. If they're going to play RFK, they can at least use that lawn, I think. Don't they just have a high school stadium in D.C. that they could play in? Probably. I mean, there's always FedEx Field, too, but that's just terrible for soccer. Right, and it's drive. And... I went to uh, one Jets game at FedEx Field, and uh, my, my wife bought my t- tickets for me. She didn't realize that the... The, the seats the farthest back on the first level, uh, at some point they were added on after the original construction of FedEx. So what happens is if you're far enough back, not only could you possibly get an obstructive view because of the support beams, but the overhang for the second deck could block the football as it goes for a kickoff or field goal or punt, and you could possibly not see it while it's in the air. So I can't imagine what that's like playing. Uh, these, I, these people are so stupid. You build these new places and you can't see half the plays. Well, no, that was an add-on. They added I'm, on specifically for... Still! Yeah, that's pretty terrible. In, in fairness, this is Schneider we're talking about. He already yeah. wants a new stadium. Of course he does. Because <laughs> FedEx is a shithole. Not our, not RFK-level shithole, but it is a shithole. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer of, of, you know, if you build a piece of crap, you deal with it. Well, unfortunately, I think the taxpayers paid for that one. <laughs> that's that's exactly what happens. Taxpayers deal with it. Oh, I'm sure they did. Um, so, Pat, since you're our resident United States guy, do you want to talk about these two matches and uh, what we expect to see, especially out of Sasha Kleschen? Yeah, got I called mean, into the, the camp. Yeah, this is definitely uh, Kleschen's second chance to shine, um, you know, to kind of cement his place in the national team picture. Uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you see some experimentation uh, from Klinsman. Uh, you might see a wacky throwing crap against the wall type of uh, lineup by Klinsman because, you know, this is kind of his last chance to get a look at some of his wackadoodle ideas. <laughs> I, I hope he plays something close to uh, first team just because, you know, you want to get those guys uh, playing together with the, uh, you know, the heck starting next month. Um, but uh, really the coolest thing about these two games is, you know, the United States uh, is going down to Havana, Cuba for the first time since the 1940s. Uh, so it's it's kind of a, definitely very interesting there uh, to, you know, to see how our, you know, international relations, now they th- they've been thought out a bit between us and Cuba that, you know, we're willing to go down there and play in a friendly. So, um yeah, so it's pretty. That's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to watch on TV uh, a game live from Cuba. I think another good thing is that uh, there's a lot of MLS players in this game now, and I know these are just friendlies, and we'll see what he picks again for the the qualifier rosters. But he is forced to look at MLS players. I think maybe it's finally coming to him that not every player needs to be. In Europe. I mean, Sasha's a big example of that. The guy who left Europe came back to the U.S. and he had to recognize him as a, uh, you know, a national team player. So it's, it's good for the, it's 100% good for the league. It really, really is. It makes the league look good. It's like, look, here's guys playing here and now they're on the national team. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's two softball teams. So really any MLS guys should, should perform, um, against the likes of New Zealand and Cuba. Um, you know, unless now this thaw means that uh, Osvaldo and Lonzo will start playing for Cuba again, we'll see. Um, but you know, it's it's yeah, it, it's. I mean, there was actually an article on ESPN uh, FC about by Graham Parker about how questions, you know, resurgence and taking you know the last two games by storm 
uh, is kind of, you know, will that open the door for more MLS guys? And, uh, you know, time, time will tell, and we shall see. Dude, is it true that New Zealand actually has real Kiwis playing in that game? I think so. Okay, just checking. I, th- I think it's a disappointment if they don't. I mean, right? It's Yeah. Yeah. Or at, least, or at least bring one with them as a sort of mascot. Unleash the kiwi. i got to remind myself what a kiwi looks like. Oh, yeah, that's a weird-ass bird. <laughs> you obviously didn't watch enough Tasmania on uh, uh, Channel 11. You don't I know. Definitely did. I definitely did, but, yeah, probably not enough. It's been a while. <laughs> All right, so uh, time for the dumping ground. Uh, the only thing I have, Bob Bradley was named... As manager of uh, Swansea City, uh, recently becoming the first American coach in the EPL, and incidentally the first American coach in any of Europe's big four leagues. Um, as wow, why the hell am I blanking on his name? And you guys are hate me for this one, Daniel Feuerstein. I don't know why I blanked. <gasps> oh, oh. Oh, yeah. oh. oh, you're in trouble. That's it. You're gonna get an angry tweet from him. Yeah. Am I, am I going on the list? Yeah, you're on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bradley was also the first American coach of the Metro Stars in 2003, which is kind of weird that the Red Bulls, Red Bulls slash Metro Stars, went almost 10 years without an American coach. Yeah. <laughs> He's just going around being the first American coach. Of everybody, that's the plan. He's going continent to continent. You know it. Uh, so, what do you guys think of Bradley being named to Swansea City? I mean. Good for him, man. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, he's, I mean, he's proven to be a good a good coach. Yeah. Do you think Do you think his success at Swansea will have any effect on how American coaches are viewed in the rest of the world? I mean, it's one it's one thing to coach the United States national team, but it's another thing to coach a team in the English Premier League, which arguably has a lot more eyes on it. I mean, it, let's put it this way: I mean, considering what that man did in Egypt. I'd say he's prepared for. Uh, <laughs> he, he's pre- he's definitely going to be prepared for the EPL. Um, you know, it's not every day you coach a team that goes through a uh, whose country whose country goes through a revolution. So if you do that, I think you're pretty much prepared for anything. Um, you know, if he let's put it this way: obviously, we're not expecting Swansea now to become uh, number one team in EPL. I mean, I suppose Leicester City last year makes you think it's a possibility. Um, but you know, it, it's if he can get them out of the bottom and up to mid table, which generally is what they are. Um, you know, it'll definitely be considered success, and who knows? Maybe he'll get a chance at a bigger club in the EPL. Uh, question, I guess, come down to is: it, Will it open doors for other American coaches? Uh, you know, at some point, probably. Um, but you know, it, it's. I think it's much like our players. You know, it's going to be. It's going to be. It's going to take a while before we get there, but uh, I'm rooting for him for sure. I, hopefully, watching more Swansea games won't be like when I watch more Sunderland games because of uh, Jersey Outdoor, where I just walk away miserable every day. So, um, we'll see what happens. If he can keep them out of relegation this year, then the town should throw him a parade. Oh, yeah. And that should solidify his legacy. Because <laughs> th- there's nothing worse than that old early season uh, firing hiring for a team. Oh, yeah. And then the U.S. should bring him back. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right, so I don't have anything else. Anything you guys want to talk about, dumping ground? Sure. Why don't we talk about, and, and we can really get into this, Luis Robles. 
talking about it's very sad to see uh, a non-full stadium. And then Twitter losing their minds. And Twitter saying that it was the front office that was complaining about it and not a player. And then what everyone thinks the reasons are for uh, why the stadium's not full. Would anyone like to expand before I I get into uh, my opinions? Uh, I would say people don't go to the game because they're lazy. They're lazy and or... In my case, poor. <laughs> I, I know I brought attendance up a few times this year, but I, I, I at this point, I'm sick and tired of the discussion. Honestly, yeah. like, it's just, it's, it, just keep pointing games, and start, people start showing up. That's all that really matters. Well, that's what I'm going to say. It. I think point one is that the schedule uh, wasn't great for this team. Again, not that many Saturday night games where you would hopefully put butts in seats. Although we didn't really even see that against Philly, a quote unquote rival. Um, but I, I, the one thing Pat says is being lazy. I think it's really, I think it's a, a U.S. wide sports wide thing where you could sit at home and you can watch a game on an HD TV on a nice big screen with that everyone can afford now. It's not like HD TV is you know a brand new thing, and you can sit home and you can tweet and you can Facebook and and go on social media while you're there, and it, it's a easier to way to watch sports and I've seen it with baseball and I said this on Twitter too it's like if you looked at some of the top teams in baseball this year record wise those stadiums were half full the Indians the Orioles the Mets uh, the Yankees not I mean you know New York teams around the league and MLS is, is just the same Toronto they're not filling that place up it's not like Toronto's selling out and packed you know, there's only, like, the rare, like, the Portland's uh, brand-new team, you know, blue team. It's because they're still new and, you know, playing well, so people are going to show up. And, and and in fairness, they also have some big names that attracts the European... Absolutely. European fans to that to their stadiums. So. Right. But I, I do think they have that new team shine going on right now. And Of course. You know, but it's, it's not just the Red Bulls. Look around the league. Seriously, look around. There are a lot of teams that are not packing the stadiums. Yeah. You know, Portland will always pack it because there's what else are you doing in Portland? You're not doing anything else in Portland, Oregon. There's nothing else to do. You're not even watching the Trailblazers, right? So, I mean, come on. Yeah, and if, any, if one more person says uh, there's not enough marketing, I just just uh, go punch yourself in the head. Like, and, right, and I I know I've said this a hundred times, but if they're getting in eighteen to nineteen thousand people a game, let's just say that that's an NHL game. That's a sold out NHL game. That's pretty good, yeah. Yeah, that's a sold-out NBA game. Mm-hmm. I, I would say that's pretty good, too. They built a 25,000-seat stadium, and that's why the expectations are so high. But if you're still if you're putting as much as game as a Rangers game, a sold-out Rangers game, I think you're doing all right. I, I think it's one of those things when, when and if Newark comes back and if the Harrison redevelopment really starts to take off and there's more young... Uh, people with disposable income living in those immediate cities, then I think you're going to be more inclined to have uh, regular sellouts. Uh, but until that time happens, you know, th- this might be the reality because, I mean, you know, getting to Newark, I mean, I know New Yorkers complain, but getting to Newark from anywhere is not particularly easy. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It's, it's going to take time. The sport is still growing. Um, you know, if they win an MLS Cup, Maybe that'll be the kicker, you know. Um, but uh, we shall see. Yeah, and uh, you know, blue blue fans can say what they want about filling their stadium, but when those players move on, 
which could be all of next year because they're all super old. And if that team has a couple bad seasons in a row because it's exactly what we saw in Toronto, fans don't like watching losers. Yep. Uh, the Yankees have proven that. And, you know, I mean, Yankees tickets are really expensive, too. But they're not going to show up just because you're playing there. You have to show up to win. And they're going to they're gonna struggle just like every other team does when they're not playing well. So I'll say this. Before, when I was growing up, like, when MLS first introduced, I was, I played soccer. I was like, oh, cool, there's a soccer league coming to this, this country. And I watched a few games on TV. And that was it. Because I was 96, I was still in middle school, and Giant Stadium was narrow way. So it's not like I could just drive myself there. Um, and this, this is back when, you know, New Jersey Transit didn't have a train to Giant Stadium. So, uh, then, you know, as I got older, even when I got a car, it's just like, well, it's an hour away. I have to drive there. I just easier for me to stay home. And even if I had, even if I thought about it anyway, because I hadn't even got invested in the league to begin with at that point. When I finally did get invested, I just happened to be around the time I was moving out of the state. And I still try to go, but I'm two hours away. So I have that kind of built an excuse I will say this I I will say this if I live back at home there's a New Jersey transit stop maybe 10 minutes from my parents house I probably still wouldn't go to every game because riding that New Jersey transit from there to Newark 17 times a year plus whatever playoffs would not be cheap because New Jersey transit right it's one thing if I lived around you know like uh, I don't know if Hoboken has it, but like Hoboken, New York City, where the path was next to me and it was a much cheaper ride, then yeah, I'd jump on and go. But even as a guy who's making, you know, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I was making money and I did have public transit readily net available, if I was in that situation, I probably wouldn't be going because it does cost money. Yeah, this season I had season tickets, I was spending a lot of bi weekly money <laughs> you know so it, it's like it's it's yeah i mean that's that's another thing that you know where new york city fans have a um you know have a, an advantage you know my the train ride from my house to red bull arenas or red to newark is uh 30 minutes 30 minutes it's a 10 dollar round trip that's not expensive i get it but it's like it's not a dollar 52 bucks like it is on the path of the subway no matter where you get on so I, I just again I think it's one of those things I think you know if and when Newark comes back Harrison looks like it's making some strides with the development finally uh, getting underway there and uh, right outside the stadium uh, I mean I could guarantee you there'll be plenty of people who move in and be like oh let me just go see what's going on down the street you know um, but yeah I mean I think that's just one thing I mean Newark if Newark comes back I think you're gonna have you're gonna see an influx of um, people and uh, or if someday NJ Transit becomes automated um, and prices go down, you know people would be more inclined to take the uh, take the uh, take the train. You know, it's just it's it's not it's just really what it comes down to. It's it's mm-hmm. you know Harrison. It's a great stadium. It's a great atmosphere before and after the game. Uh, but it's just not the easiest place to get to. And uh, I think it's just one of those things you kind of have to accept at this point. I think if the fans and the team on the field and the front office combined work together 
for bringing people in, I think that'll help too because they can all do their part. The Red Bulls can do their part by maybe winning MLS Cup. Yeah. You know, maybe that'll help. The front office can advertise a bit more. And the fans can do more with, with bringing friends to the game. I mean, how many times do you bring someone to the game and they fall in love with it and they want to go all the time? It happens a lot. That's what happened to there, they I, love I, it. I talk, right. I've talked about it more than once on this show. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I went to a, a random Wednesday night game against Houston, and because of where I sat, I was it was partly because, I'm going phrase that, because of the game, or the action on the field, and because of the South Ward, done. Right there. Hooked. It's all, yep. I only need the one game. Yeah, so let's let's not blame it all on the front office because that's what everyone loves to do. Yes, they can absolutely do more. I think we all can agree on that. But let let's all work together. Not let's just piss and moan about a player complaining or the front office not doing their part. Let's all do our part. Yeah, and I'll, you know, in defense of the front office for a second, I mean, I think I've seen more billboards and heard more radio ads this year than I've ever heard in the entire six uh, seven years I've been a fan. So. I saw an ad on NBC. Yeah. NBC or NBC, one of those two. I couldn't believe it. So That being said, I think I will be going to the game against Columbus because I had somebody ask me to go, actually. <laughs> you, I, I have the answer. You know what we really need? More stickers for bars. Oh, yeah. there you go. Start tagging. Tagging it up. Yep. Yeah. I mean, look, that's the other thing. I mean, I'm. you know, it's, it's just going to take time. I mean, there, there's... I think that's really the key thing, and I know a lot of people saying, hey, we've been in there for seven years, that should be long enough. But, you know, and I'm only really in the past year or two, I'm starting to see the kids in the Red Bull jerseys running around, you know, Red Bull t-shirts, Red Bull stickers on cars, uh, magnets, whatever. Uh, it's growing. It'll get there. And, and you know what, the last two years, I think like Truman said at the beginning of this argument, you know, or your discussion rather, you know, eighteen to 19,000 is pretty good because in 2010, before Henri showed up, it was maybe twelve on a good night, you know. So it's 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 getting there, and it will get there. And if yeah, if they win MLS Cup, I, I think that'll definitely help for sure. All right. Uh, anything else for dumping ground? I think that's it. I think that was a good hearty discussion. It was hearty. It's it's always interesting. We sometimes have our best discussions on dumping Not- ground, and then like the game, we're like, yeah, it was good. Well, it's a game. Game's a game. Game's a yeah. game. What, what, what do you want to talk about? How Verone didn't play a lot? We were talking about that. Want to break that down? Uh, I could care less. Right. So there you go. Oh, by the way, I just actually checked to add. Uh, this is the reference here is soccerstadiumsdigest.com. And I don't know when they updated this. As of September 25th, Rebels averaging 20,324. So I, obviously, that's not who's showing up. Right. It's tickets but, sold, of course. But it's still. It's still, I, I believe it or not, I think that's the best attendance they've had ever. I mean, at least in the Rebel Arena era. I've I've made this suggestion before. You know what you do? You see, you you calculate all the uh, tickets scanned. You see where those people are sitting, and if you ain't showing up to your nice fancy seat, gone. Given to somebody else. You don't you don't want to show up to uh, ten games? Gone. Yeah. That don't I that only works if you have a waiting list for those seats, which I don't. I don't know if they actually had that or not, but if there's if there is, I'm all for that. Yeah, but they know who has season tickets and they know who owns those season tickets. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not disagreeing. My point is, if I'm the Red Bulls, I don't implement something like that unless I have a waiting list for that those kind of seats, right? Because I, even if those people don't show up, that's still income in my pocket. Yeah. 
So I don't give the income up unless I know I'm going to get it back through somebody else. Right. I say, hey, congratulations, you got a seat upgrade. Boom. Right, but they're taking the seat upgrade. That's the thing. Boom. You're going from the corner to the center field, baby. So if if that stack that Pat read is, which is not really correct, but if it's anywhere close to correct, that's roughly uh, 81.2% capacity every game, or on average anyway. Right, and tickets sold. They're still yeah, selling the tickets. The tickets are still, they've been bought. Yeah. All right, so that mean, so if we're done with dumping ground, that means time for the terrible team of the week. Yes. So, while the Red Bulls uh, had a hard-fought game, beat Philly at home, another team uh, that was uh, battling for first place decided to lose at home to a team battling for a playoff spot. Can I guess who? I'm sure you can take one guess and no. Is it a team that plays in red that's going to the border? Oh, I believe you are on the right track there, sir. Your favorite whipping boy? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> TSC, uh, kind of kind of blowing at home, honestly. Not not a great home team since the big old expansion. Uh, losing to D.C. at home. Now, it wasn't a blowout. It was only a 2-1 game. But still, we're talk- this is crunch time. Now there's only two games left for these teams. We talked about it a thousand times. You got to win home games. I'm so happy they didn't. I mean, what a treat! It's an absolute treat because now the Red Bulls have uh, their destiny in their control by winning the last two games. Um, but good, good job, TFC. You really, you really blew it. <laughs> and so, interesting fact: New York City FC and Toronto FC both have seven wins at home. It matches the number of draws the Red Bulls have on the road at seven. <laughs> wow, weird. We, this is weird. Yeah, not that not that our win percentage on the road is great, but so actually Uh-oh. we have the most wins at home of any team right now in Major League Soccer at twelve. And oh shit, wow, Colorado has not lost at home this year. Hmm. Uh oh. They are ten zero and five. Good for them. There's actually, hey, a, there's actually a bunch of teams in the West that only lost one or less at home. Anyway, sorry, Pat. I- by the way, shout out to Canada who beat Mauritania today uh, for nothing. Does anyone on this show know where Mauritania is? No. Is it somewhere on planet Earth? It is on Earth. All right, then I'm good. <laughs> it's it's got to be an island, right? It's an island in, in I don't know, Europe. So it's an island in some ocean. <laughs> like an island in an ocean. You're both wrong. It's actually a country in Africa. Wow. Yeah, I thought it was an island in an ocean too. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Canada has another good slobber knocker on uh, Tuesday uh, in Morocco. So, well, God, I guess they're getting their uh, north uh, northwest Africa on this week. Hey, everyone's got to play. Yeah, keep fighting for the Maple Leaf boys. Everybody's got a price. So, by the strictest of technicalities, Africa is if you. <laughs> is it is a island? It's, a, it's kind of big. It's kind of a big island. It's a gigantic island. It's a gigantic island made made up of many different ethnic groups and cultures. Racist. <laughs> there is the Great Bitter Lake and some river. I don't know what the name of it is. That runs in between. Let's see. Uh, looks like Egypt and or part of Egypt anyway. The Nile? Maybe. Oh, it must, that's probably going to be the Nile, yeah. I didn't even think of this. <laughs> well, no. Oh, no. It's not, no, it's not the Nile, because uh, it's west of that. 
Or, no, east, sorry. I, I can't remember what it is, because Google Maps is not telling you what the actual river is called. But by the strictest definition of the word island, technically, Africa is an island. Yikes. <laughs> All right. Actually, hold on. I might have... Nope, I'm good. Yep, I'm right. All right. <laughs> I think there's nothing to get out of here when I start trying to determine if something is technically an island or not. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> All right, so you can visit us at oncemetro.com slash rebelrant. Uh, help us support the show by going to patreon.com slash rebelrant or a few bucks our way. You can email us rebelrant at gmail.com. You can call us at 973-348-5329. Facebook.com slash rebelrant on Twitter at rebelrant for the show at Dr. Stooge for myself at pmacda2 for Pat at the Truman for Truman. Subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, pretty much anywhere you can find a podcast. And at soundcloud.com slash red hyphen bull hyphen rant. Last words before we get out of here. Win America. Yeah, let's go Team USA. And I'm pretty sure you're trying to think of the Suez Canal. Maybe. Like I said, it wasn't telling me. Um, All right. So for Pat Schumann and myself, this has been episode number 203 of the Rebel Rant. Thank you guys for tuning in. And since the Rebels are off, go Rebels 2. Oh, yeah. Rebels 2 win. Peace out. Lights.